Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, in the French language debate, Justin Trudeau continues to face questions about why he triggered an election. Mais la grande question c'est si Monsieur Trudeau a vraiment voulu faire quelque chose, pourquoi il a déclenché une élection au lieu de continuer le travail? C'est complètement inacceptable et les gens ne peuvent pas croire en Monsieur Trudeau. Erin O'Toole is pressured on his plan to scrap $10 a day childcare. The Quebec childcare issue is quite an important one in the province. While it is, you know, it's true that it's really cheap to send your child to daycare, um, there aren't enough spaces. And so for voters in the province, who care about this issue, this might have been a, a pretty big blow. The Conservatives release a costing breakdown of their platform commitments. We have an ambitious plan, but we know we can attain our, our targets, and our balanced budget approach will be disciplined over a period of time so that we can help people in the short term, get our economy on a solid footing, and then get Mr. Trudeau's reckless spending under control. It's Thursday, September 9th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top stories from the election campaign this morning. We're joined by national columnist for the Toronto Star, Althea Raj. Good morning, Althea. Good morning, Mark. So we're at a very interesting juncture in the election campaign uh, between last night's French language leaders debate and tonight's English language leaders debate. Uh, Let's talk about what happened last night. Uh, what were some of the moments that stood out for you? And do you think the debate is going to have any impact on what has been a very close and interesting election? Um, there are two moments I'd like to talk to you about. But to answer the first question, I don't actually think this debate is going to move the needle much. Um, the TVA debate from last week exposed a lot of weaknesses in Aaron O'Toole's uh, policy planks. There were these kind of awkward moments of silence where the Prime Minister was going after Aaron O'Toole on um, private health care, and Mr. O'Toole kind of looked downwards and didn't respond and like really refused to answer pointed questions. And then, of course, um, we had towards the end of that debate uh, Justin Trudeau going credit Aaron O'Toole on gun control and what was on page 90 of this platform and then Mr. O'Toole uh, declaring that page 90 was not his position, <laughs> that he supported right. a ban, and then that led to, you know, five days of questioning. There was no such moment in last night's consortium debate, the French language debate organized by the Leaders' Commission, uh, Debate Commission. Yeah. There were uh, two moments. One, when Justin Trudeau went after Aaron O'Toole over um, childcare. So the Conservatives have been really uh, cagey up until this point. Like, Mr. O'Toole has refused to answer the question about whether or not he was going to abide by an agreement that Trudeau and uh, François Legault, the Premier of Quebec, had signed just this August, where Ottawa was committing to send $6 billion to the province over five years with no strings attached, supposed to be for child care, but Legault argues Quebec already spends $2.7 billion a year on child care. Child care, on average, is $8.50, whereas the liberal plan, federal liberal plan, is $10, or that's the goal, um, so that, you know, they might move the money around, but it's supposed to be about child care. Um, Mr. O'Toole, who's made his campaign in Quebec, 
you're closely tied to, I'm going to sit down with Consulate to go and I'm going to basically do whatever the Premier of Quebec asked me to do, really hitching his wagon um, to Mr. De Gaulle, um declared in the Conservative Party's costing, which was also released yesterday, late, two hours before the, the French language debate, uh, the money was missing. So it was the first admission from the Conservatives that they actually have no plan to give Mr. Legault that money beyond uh, the money that's uh, just budgeted for this year. Um, so there was a, a heated moment where Justin Trudeau said that Aaron O'Toole's plan on childcare is going to do nothing for Quebecers, that he didn't understand even the plan and Quebecers because he should know that sending um, tax credits to those uh, who are most vulnerable, families who are most vulnerable in Quebec would make no difference because those families uh, do not pay for childcare, um, don't pay taxes, um, and that the plan would do nothing to create more spaces, and his plan was going to create 37,000 spaces in Quebec. So the Quebec childcare um, issue is quite an important one in the province. While it is, you know, it's true that it's really cheap to send your child <laughs> to daycare, um, there aren't enough spaces. And so for voters in the province who care about this issue, this might have been a, a pretty big blow. The mm -hmm. second uh, kind of really interesting part of the debate was between Justin Trudeau and François Legault. And it was the, about the question of identity. Uh, Yves-François Blanchet. Yeah, the Bloc Québécois leader. Yeah. Uh, it was a question about burning books in an Ontario francophone school that had been undertaken by those there in the spirit of reconciliation. And uh, the debate turned away from the burning of books and more about who speaks for Quebec. And Mr. Bachet accused the Liberal leader of imposing his views on Quebecers. And then you had the spirited moment where Justin Trudeau fired back and told Blanchet he, he personally is a Quebecer and he the Bloc leader doesn't have a monopoly on who's a Quebecer. Now, this may not mean a lot to people listening outside of the province, but the, the Bloc's entire messaging is, I'm a Quebecer. Their signs say Quebecer with the, the picture of their candidate. Um, so it's not just that, you know, Blanchet thinks uh, his role is to defend the interest of Quebec, but Mr. Trudeau was making the point, Quebecer has come and all different shapes and sizes with different viewpoints, and you don't have a monopoly on this. And it was probably the most intense moment mm. um, in last night's debate. But uh, that being said, I don't think um, I don't think this is going to move the needle. I don't think Mr. Trudeau did what he needed to do, but I don't think he hurt himself. I don't think anybody hurt themselves. Um, right. Mr. Trudeau really needed to, I think, dig deep on. Um, Aaron O'Toole and and convince progressive voters this is a scary man and that you know new Democrats uh, who are people who think they're going to vote for the NDP should reconsider and vote liberal and I don't think that case was made um, last night I actually think Mr Singh did far better in this French debate than last French debate um, he came with some snazzy one-liners but he was also prepared for a fight and he seemed to have his attention squarely focused on Justin Trudeau. Um, and then lastly, I'll just say that uh, Ms. Paul, who is her first appearance at the at the debate and first time, I think, leaving her riding uh, during the election campaign, um, you know, she was at a disadvantage. The debate is happening quite quickly in French. Um, she speaks French. It's not that bad, but it's 
it's a very quick pace. And um, I think she had a hard time uh, kind of engaging on that front, but still she got to speak to a very large audience and expose her views very, very much for the first time in this election campaign. Yeah. All right. We'll see if if uh, things change tonight with the English debate and um, if, if that has any impact. Let's turn to the costing of the conservative platform, which is something people have been waiting for for some time um, and and what impact that's going to have on on this campaign. Yeah, I mean, to to touch back on the child care agreement, I think there were a few things where Aaron O'Toole on the campaign drill has been pressed on. Or he has said that the platform kind of contradicts. The childcare one is going to be a big one in Quebec, but in the rest of the country, I think the the issue that emerged from the costing is the increase uh, to the Canada uh, health transfer. So Mr. O'Toole has said, he even repeated it last night in the debate, that his plan to raise transfers to the provinces to a 6% floor would be equivalent to $60 billion injection in health care across the country over 10 years. Sometimes he forgets to say the 10-year part, but $60 billion. The costing that was released yesterday is really only on a five-year period, and we did not see a $60 billion figure. In fact, we saw a figure that um, is more like $3.6 billion, um, less than $4 billion. Most of that money, like... uh, there's $2 billion in the last year, the fifth year. The money is backloaded. So um, but the conservatives argue, well, that's because the economy is do- actually doing really well. And that's the thing with the floor. Right now, the floor is 3%, but uh, it's a floor. The transfer rises um, with the GDP. So um, it is – at the, Mr. O'Toole's promise is not worth as much as it seems, and in fact – would likely only reach the targets he's talking about if the Conservatives were elected, not just for a second mandate, but a third mandate. So I think that that is probably going to be a line of attack that we're going to see uh, today. You know, like I, I mentioned that the the Conservatives' costing only dropped two hours before the debate. So um, the leaders may only have been briefed. Uh, they had basically an hour to be briefed because they were supposed to be at the at the museum around 7. And some people were expected to be there even earlier than seven. So there's probably, you know, the, the minions in the opposition camps uh, going over uh, this costing with a fine tooth comb to be able to bring some of the nuggets that they've learned from the costing uh, to tonight's debate. The other thing I will mention is that um, there are things that are not costed. So while the vast majority of the big ticket items in the conservative platform are costed, um, there are things like uh, the, the Conservatives' plan to have those personal savings accounts on their, um, for their climate plan. Uh, that isn't costed. So they acknowledge that there are things in their platform that they've suggested uh, they right. think are not going to be huge costs um, that are missing from the envelope. But, I, I mean, basically the, the headline coming out from the Conservatives' platform, um, they plan to spend $50 billion dollars. Uh, they are mostly are on the same deficit control track. They are not using for this costing that 3% um, year-over-year growth that was in their platform. They're using the PBO's numbers. And so they say that uh, if the economy performs better than they expect, frankly, if the economy performs as well as they expect, 
using uh, the measures in their their platform, their economic measures like um, tax cuts and, ta- and investments in businesses, for example, then they might be able to re- to get back to balance um, earlier than in ten years. All right, we'll see what themes emerge in the English language debate tonight, um, and whether more happens uh, to change people's impressions of the leaders and and how they might vote than happened last night. Althea, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much, Mark. Have a great day. That's Toronto Star national columnist Althea Raj. It's not just a political rallies that this is happening. There are healthcare workers across the country who are getting hassled and intimidated and bullied. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the National Observer, Max Fawcett argues, we don't need to hear out the anti-vaxxers. Fawcett writes, you cannot reason with those who are defiantly unreasonable, and all the molly-coddling in the world isn't going to bring them around on this issue. Alberta, whose government has spent the most time catering to vaccine skeptics and has the lowest vaccination rates in the country, is proof of that. What we need now is a united front on this issue, one that puts partisanship and politics aside for the moment. In the Globe and Mail, Lawrence Martin argues if the campaign becomes a culture war, it's advantage liberals. Martin writes, At Justin Trudeau's campaign events, demonstrators on the far right have looked rabid and fanatical, as if they'd been sent here by Donald Trump. The bullheads are not great in number, but maybe enough to have a significant election impact. If the campaign is turned into a culture war, one which alerts Canadians to potential risks of electing a party with ties to reactionaries and wingnuts, recalibrations may be in order. At globalnews.ca, Howard Anglin asks if the Conservatives deliver tougher policies on China. Anglin writes, The Conservative Party platform tacitly admits that welcoming the Chinese regime into the global economic system in 2001 was a mistake. Walking back that error even if it could be achieved on a multilateral basis, would be costly. It will be even more costly for Canada if we go it alone. Canadians have so far been receptive to the idea of imposing consequences on China for its government's malfactions. The question is whether we are willing to accept the consequences for ourselves. Now, here's what's coming up on the campaign trail. All five major party leaders will be in the national capital region again, preparing for tonight's English language leaders debate. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Thursday, September the 9th. Tune into CPAC and CPAC.ca throughout the day today for coverage of the federal election campaign and for the debate tonight. And join me for Have Your Say every weekday on CPAC at 12 Eastern Time. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.